This is Rated R, Real Estate Uncensored, hosted by Derek Anthony, right here in the great state of Texas. What's up, y'all? Bringing the best folks in the biz with some great energy, knowledge, and special guests, and maybe, yes, maybe, even a few surprises. Featuring Derek's Dimes, Mia's Street Beats, My Favorite Things, and many more unscripted segments for your pleasure. This program is affiliated with the Woodmont Company, a national commercial real estate company based in downtown Fort Worth, covering the entire United States for all your commercial real estate needs. From brokerage development and property management, including tenant rep, leasing, buy and sell, and all types of asset classes, retail, restaurant, food and beverage, office, medical, flex, and industrial. Be sure to check them out at woodmont.com for all the latest listings and information about the Woodmont Company. Be sure to subscribe to our show and check out our site, thepodcaststudio.net. Welcome in, y'all. Now let's do this. Here's your host, Derek Anthony. Well, hello. Summertime is upon us. This is Derek Anthony with the uh, Rated R Real Estate Uncensored here in downtown Fort Worth. Along my side here today, Miss Mia, what's going on? Hello, hello. It's been a while since I've been on the podcast. Well, you're just a busy lady. So. I am, I am. San Antonio. What do they call you? San Antonians? Yes, Okay. that's correct. Got it. Well, we're excited for our guest today, which we'll get here to in a minute. Uh, the world is changing, it seems, on the hour these days with uh, the commercial real estate uh, world and inflation and, and cost uh, uh, increasing, which we'll get into in a little bit during the show and after we interview our guests and so forth. But man, if uh, you know, f- we're all foodies here in the commercial real estate world and we love this, uh, this concept. Uh, they actually were founded in 1984. And if you're a sports fan, you may have heard them, uh, Buffalo Wings and Rings, and uh, got bought a few years back and now under some new management, got some aggressive goals, which we'll get into. I believe almost or just about up to 85 locations in the U.S. or globe-wide, I guess, and um, throughout the world. And um, man, if you like wings and anything else that goes along with that and a nice sports um, atmosphere to go out with your buddies or your girlfriends or what have you, um, you need to check them out if you haven't. They have a great franchise model, which we'll get into as well with our special guest, uh, Mr. Dan Dolan. What's going on, Dan? Can you hear us okay? Hello, Derek and Mia. How are you guys doing? Thank you for uh, having me on your show. You got it. You talk just like one of our other clients, Corey. Doesn't he sound like him? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and he's a food and beverage guy too. But yeah, thanks for being here. So, for those that uh, may may want to get into uh, looking to consider a franchisee um, or an operator to come partner with, I guess give us kind of the background, obviously on on Buffalo Wings and Rings, and then a little background on yourself as well. Sure, sure. Uh, so as you said, Buffalo Wings and Rings was founded in 1984. It was a, a married couple living here in Cincinnati and really the business model at that time, they were taking um, older uh, restaurant locations and converting them into what I would call wing joints at that time, uh, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut conversions. And they had uh, decent growth here in Cincinnati. Um, unfortunately they, the, the, their relationship suffered. So the franchise did as well. And in, uh, 2005, our new ownership took over, uh, Nader Masada, Philippe Schramm and Hytham David. And, uh, in 2005, they had about, we had about five locations. Um, we really at that time took it to the next level and, uh, went from a wing joint to more of a wing sports restaurant and bar and uh, expanded our locations here in Cincinnati and then started expanding our footprint across the United States. Uh, really, it's always been about uh, fresh, never frozen product. We have um, you know fresh wings, boneless wings that uh, we hand bread, homemade blue cheese, uh, because they are fresh boneless wings, you can get them grilled. So it's really always been about the food for us. So um, I actually joined the brand uh, two years after the new ownership took over in 2007. So going on my uh, 14th wow. 
year here at Buffalo Wings and Rings and uh, and uh, been in charge of franchising and real estate. Occasionally we have had some uh, other uh, people come in for real estate, but I've pretty much been part of that uh, role since uh, since the day one. Did you so get a did you get a wing of honor? Get it franchising. <laughs> did you get a wing of honor? Enjoy both franchising and real estate. Yeah. Can you hear me okay, Dan? Yes. Oh, yes. I was making a sarcastic pun that did you didn't think it was funny. Oh, I thought it was going. funny. Wing of honor. Did you get a wing of honor for being there so long? I think we're having some pixelization. I'm sure that's what it is. Yes. I could not hear you there for a second. Are you guys able to hear me at all? We got you fine. Nice and clear. Yes. Okay. Go, so, so carry on. Yeah. So, so you've been there since uh, 2007 and obviously with your aggressive store counts. So um, in 05, you were, like you said, five locations. And now what are you up to? Well, as you said, we have uh, around 85 locations. We, um, one of the partners uh, several years ago uh, went over and started uh, opening locations in Jordan, Amman, Jordan centered. And now we have uh, uh, international locations, 20 plus in uh, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, UAE, Egypt, um, even recently um, opened a location in Iraq. So uh, we have pretty uh, decent international growth and they love us over there. It's uh, it's always interesting to hear, you know, what you think about those areas and then uh, people actually live in the area that how much they appreciate the American concepts over in that area in the Middle East. Have you cha- have you had a chance to go over there? I haven't yet. There's been uh, several people uh, from the company go over in different support type roles, uh, but uh, I have not had the opportunity to go over yet, but I uh, am looking forward to the day that I do get to go over there and see some of the uh, locations, visit them myself. One of the things that I noticed in doing some research for the show is that um, you guys, I don't know if this is still offered, but at one point you had offered kind of a, a, a special of uh, your 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 low cost of entry into buying into a, a franchise versus others that are you know hundred to two hundred or three hundred thousand uh, dollars. If somebody's listening, looking to maybe put their money somewhere else, um, talk to me a little bit about what it might take to to come in as a consideration. Okay, um, well, I mean, we uh, we are a full service casual dining restaurant, so. Um, 5,000 square feet is our, uh, our prototypical space. And if you're looking to go into an end cap space with all the uh, uh, FF&E and everything uh, and all the uh, initial costs, soft costs that go into it, you're still looking at about 1.4 million uh, total investment. So looking for um, individuals with a $500,000 net worth and, a, and about a $1.5 million dollar uh, I'm sorry, $500,000 liquid capital and $1.5 um, million net worth. So, and your, uh, your average 5,000 square foot location and your average uh, unit volume unit. Uh, I was reading online is, is, is well above a million bucks. Oh yeah. Um, so in our FDD, it, you know, it's, it, as everybody talks about the little disclaimer of COVID, <laughs> you know, the pandemic uh, and we, we actually, uh, we do uh, have a financial performance representation in our FDD, and we left 2019, and we also added 2020 numbers. We felt like that was a fair comparison to see pre-COVID uh, and post-COVID, or during COVID, I should say. Um, so, 2.4 million uh, was the average unit volume for in-cap locations in uh, 2019, and it's uh, just a little over 2.1 million in uh, average unit volume in 2020. So our stores performed very well. Uh, We were were 11 pizza, quick in, quick out. Uh, They did great, Um, but casual dining in general uh, took a pretty good hit until we got it figured out and we were only down 11% for the year. So we we really feel good about those numbers. We really helped our franchisees understand what they needed to do to continue to, uh, you know, capture that off-premise business. 
And with COVID, we talked to a lot of operators and folks like yourself that uh, are kind of from the mothership helping these folks in, in the trade area uh, with the franchise model. Talk a little bit about maybe, uh, obviously your job is to vet and find new operators that come into the fold, but given COVID, I'm sure your, your roles may have changed quite a bit with not doing any new deals just because everybody's concerned about staying in business. But conversely, I guess from a PPP perspective and just holding maybe some of the new operators' hands and getting through this and kind of explain maybe how you guys partnered with uh, the franchisees. So what we did is um, we actually uh, gave a royalty abatement for a short period of time. We um, actually, it's something that uh, we felt like was the right thing to do. uh, So they would not have to worry about the full amount of royalties through a certain couple months. And uh, uh, they do not owe that back. So I think that was great for the brand to do to to really show them that we're in this together. Mm -hmm. Um, We, had weekly calls that uh, we organized to go through multiple different topics, everything from uh, some of the the aid that was going on with the, uh, you know, the funding and the loans and the the grants and all that, that you were able to get through the pandemic, uh, safety measures, uh, what we needed to be doing uh, to increase our off-premise business. Uh, But we had weekly calls and of course, Basically, we're available 24-7 to our franchisees to help them through. We're really proud to say that uh, we lost no restaurants during that time. And, uh, and every, you know, all our restaurants made it through. And um, coming out the other side, uh, in many ways, I think we're stronger than going into the pandemic because there were several topics that, you um, You know, as far as trying to increase the amount of pickup and takeout and all that. And yes, it increased, the percentage increased substantially. But as we come out of this, we've been able to, to maintain that off-premise business. So it's really helped our franchisees in the long run. Yeah, talk, and that was my next question, which is a good segue as far as uh, the DoorDashes and Uber Eats and the, the charges that these guys are, are charging the, the operators like yourself. And obviously... Um, everybody before COVID was starting to say, hey, we better do this or we may get behind versus, hey, well, in three years, we're going to tackle the the POS and the delivery. And it's just kind of an afterthought. Well, COVID kind of sped that up, in my opinion, two to three years faster. Now, if you were a survivor and a forward thinker, you better damn well be sure be getting on these platforms and learning how to uh to be efficient with it. So um, it sounds like you guys were pretty much a, a forethought a for to, to get on the horse and better move this thing up pretty quick. Well, it, so prior to the pandemic, we were in the mod, uh, in the middle of a, um, a prototype redesign and uh, we really wanted to, to focus on optimizing that initial investment. So really making sure that we are looking at every cost that goes into into the business, into the building, into the business itself, uh, focus, focusing on the operational efficiencies uh, and service offerings, which included, uh, uh, you know, the off-premise dining, understanding that. And then by updating the design, we actually had a valet pickup in the works. So uh, we are prototypical restaurant. Uh, we call it our G4 um, and I'll explain that here in a second, but uh, the G4 restaurant has uh, uh, a, a valet pickup. We actually, it's not a pull, it's not a drive up or it's not a drive through. Uh, app or phoning in or on the computer and they can come by and, uh, and we bring the order out to them. So that was already in the design. So a few months after uh, the pandemic hit us, uh, we had that in the design and it, it really was just phenomenal how well that worked. And uh, we're continuing to put uh, the valet pickup area into future uh, locations. So that that worked great. It really worked great for us. And we were heading in that direction. Uh, just had really excellent timing, understanding kind of the trends. And then uh, when, when the pandemic hit, it, it really uh, showed that we were in the right direction. 
So out of the G4 concept, um, how many stores are are operating with that concept now? So we have uh, the Milford location, our company-owned location here in the Cincinnati area. That was the first uh, location. We have um, another three scheduled to open this year. And, uh, and then part of that is um, uh, international deal that we secured during the pandemic in Mexico. And uh, uh, we're really excited about that. But yeah, we'll have uh, three more locations open by the end of the year uh, here in the United States and then one in uh, northern Mexico. So for your whole 85 store footprint, how many are corporate and how many are franchisees? So we have three uh, company-owned locations here in the United States, and they're all centered in uh, the Cincinnati area and northern Kentucky. Uh, anything that we do as far as testing food items and uh, design changes, we, we want to go about doing that in our own stores first and then bring franchisees uh, on board that uh, would like to test some of the products out for us, whether it be a design feature an equipment feature or something on the menu, uh, we bring those along. And once it gets uh, vetted thoroughly, then we introduce uh, that to the entire system. So the three locations here in Cincinnati, it's really helpful for us to, um, to uh, you know, test most of our, all of our products and uh, in those stores. We do have a location that's in the early stages of um, development. Uh, we have not broken ground yet, but we are, we'll be doing very soon. And uh, that is actually, we are building a strip center and uh, we will be the end cap on that strip center. And we will actually uh, be able to lease the rest of the space out. Yeah. If you, oh, that's cool. Yeah. If you ever need somebody in Texas, keep us in mind because <laughs> we're, we're a developer too, but um, well, that's, that sounds exciting on the competitor front at least here in Texas, there's, there's been more and more operators and nationally, I think there's been more and more wing concepts coming to the forefront, which I totally embrace. Mia and I were talking about wings just in general, um, as, as a full meal now versus just an afterthought. Um, talk to me a little bit about where you kind of sit in one in the, in the realm of your competitors, if you deem them to be. And then secondly, are there certain trade areas you're looking to expand and, and what those are? Uh-oh, we're getting, we're having some Wi-Fi issues today. Unstable connection. Dan is frozen in time. And dead space. Dan is frozen, but not his food. <laughs> yes, I'm a kind of a, while we're waiting for the internet to reboot here, Mia, what is your go-to? Do you like the hot and spicy? Or like the, the, the for wings. Yeah, I most definitely just very basic, and I just like buffalo. Like I was saying earlier, I really need to start branching out. There's so many wing options nowadays. But what is buffalo? Like, where does that mm -hmm. come from? Like, I'm gonna be really stupid and ask the stupid question. Like, why is it, it's not a buffalo wing? It's a chicken wing. Yeah, so I stumped you. <laughs> We're having some connection Maybe issues. That's here. why they're called buffalo wings and wing wings and rings <laughs> because of the buffalo wing. Uh, but there's not a buffalo, so there's there's got to be. I'm my there's computer. There's got to be something with buffalo since they are that, and then buffalo wild wings. Something with buffalo. Why don't you Google that while we're trying to reconnect here and we're we're stretching it here? But uh, we'll find a way, y'all. You know, email us or or find us on. Uh, the interwebs, as people say, internet, <laughs> and let us know what your favorite sauce is. We had, we had, uh, I'm not going to say the name, but we had a competitor. All right. Are you there? We're getting, I there. Am. so we were just filling time. You froze like in time and we were, I don't know where <laughs> I left off, but we're still recording. So we didn't lose. We were just asked, we were talking about competitors. Um, and who do you deem if anyone, a competitor in the wing space, and we're in the wing space, at least for us in Texas, and it seems national footprint, is there's more and more folks coming on to the forefront of just having wings as your meal or your go-to uh, staple product versus an afterthought. So uh, I guess first that's one, and then two, what trade areas are you looking to grow to and, and grow in? 
Sure. So we are absolutely, uh, you know, wings is in our name. So we're going to have the best wings on the planet. Um, but uh, we do carry, um, you know, burgers, fresh uh, fresh made burgers. We carry uh, salads, entree type salads. We carry uh, many other items and are, are testing other items uh, for the menu. But uh, yeah, so we are above and beyond just, just the wings. Uh, so really it puts us in that undeniable uh, competition to Buffalo Wild Wings, which they're, you know, they're a great brand. They've grown tremendously over the years. Uh, and really, though, there's never been any one specifically compete with them on that national level. Um, and, and obviously, we're similar. Um, our food quality, we feel like is better. Again, they've got a great brand, uh, would never uh, put down the competition, but they, they, uh, their focus are beer and sports and wings. Uh, we also have that focus, but we also want to focus on uh, the food quality, bringing the entire family and not just, uh, not just the guys to go out and hang out and, and drink beer and watch the game. We want, we want the entire family to come in. And, and a lot of that starts with, uh, the quality of the food, and then also the uh, the atmosphere atmosphere itself. It uh, is not a dark sports bar uh, atmosphere. But um, so there are some local chains out there doing great jobs with uh, wings, and there's some other concepts that are more, um, you know, quick quick in, quick out as far as um, you know your your wing stops, wing zones, uh, those type of uh, um, wing places really. You go, you pick up the order, or you get it delivered, and and you take it with you. We're really the kind of place that you want to hang out and and watch the game. We've got a great U-shaped bar in, in our new prototype, and uh, just a just a great place to go in, spend some time with friends and family, and 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 watch the game. As far as growing, the areas that we want to continue to grow in um, is right here in the Cincinnati area, and we actually. Uh, looking about six hour drive time from Cincinnati to continue to dense pack those markets. So everywhere from, uh, of course, Cincinnati to Chicago to, to uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and we want to continue to grow in those areas uh, for obvious reasons, uh, you know, marketing, brand recognition, distribution. Uh, we have great growth in Texas, and we have really great growth in Florida. So those really are the top three uh, markets that we're looking to continue to grow in. Um, now, not to say that uh, we are not strategically opportunistic. And I talked a little bit about the Mexico deal. Um, they were multi-unit operators from some great well-known U.S. brands. They came to us a few years ago. And... Um, we uh, we worked with them and realized that hey these guys are great operators and even though we weren't looking to go into Mexico immediately uh, we worked that out because of the the fact that they were just such strong operators uh, uh, great brands like uh, Pizza Hut Kentucky Fried Chicken IHOP Carl Juniors so we we worked with them over the last few years and worked out a great deal where they um, signed up for eleven locations. Um, in in northern Mexico, just south of our locations in South Texas, so very very excited about that group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, well, in Texas, we love to see more. Of course, uh, we were looking at uh, over in Arlington, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. have a location there. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, we're looking. We're uh, would love to expand in uh, Dallas and Houston, and uh, you know, multiple markets in Texas to uh, continue growth. Uh, and absolutely uh, want to continue to uh, to look for great operators in those areas to grow the brand with. Is there any any type of demographic that you all look at? I mean, is college towns, or do you look for the you know frontage on the highway? And I need a hundred thousand dollar income and traffic counts. Are there specific maybe site requirements that you can share with us maybe later, or do you know off the top of your head? No, sure. So. It's interesting. We want an area that is, uh, you know, middle class and, and, uh, but once we get to too high of an income, it, it's not necessarily the type of restaurant that, you know, mm -hmm. um, if, if it's 
too wealthy of an area, it may not be a good fit for, for our brand. Uh, of course, we want a certain level of income. And yeah, we have all those factors defined. I'd be happy to, to share those with you, uh, household incomes and everything that, uh, that we look at. We really do, a, um, we work with um, another company for uh, real estate and site selection. Uh, but yeah, we really analyze the markets, multiple uh, factors, thousands of factors narrowed down to um, a few key factors that we look at and it goes through the full yeah, for, yeah, for brokers process. that are that are listening that might have some sites, uh, who do you all use for your tenant rep here uh, or nationally if you have one? So we we have a uh, a local company JLL, mm-hmm. um, and they do have affiliations with some other groups uh, around the country. Uh, but we do find that uh, working with brokers that are from the markets that we're looking at, I think there's a huge advantage to doing that. They know the market. They know um, they know locations that might be coming up that uh, that are not on the market yet, and they can really understand that market. They can tell us, "Hey, you know, Dan, this area over here, yeah, it looks great on paper. Demographics look good, but you know." there's something going on in that area that you need to know about. Here's a great up and coming market. So we do work with, uh, with companies around the, uh, around the country really who understand that market from a, from a restaurant point of view. Sure. Well, let's talk about uh, lately in the news. If, if you don't live under a rock as the labor shortages right now, um, are, are you guys as a, as the, kind of the, the mothership to the franchisees. Are you assisting in that on getting labor to the restaurants? And are you seeing that being a challenge and talk a little bit about how that process works and maybe some of the challenge that you might be hearing, you may not be involved day to day. Once you get them signed, you're kind of off to the next thing, but still, I'm sure you got your pulse on something like that, right? Oh, sure. You know, as you said, I think every company is, uh, dealing with that issue right now. And, uh, you know, things are cyclical, right? You know, uh, what's happening and affecting operators today, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll solve that problem. And then there's going to be another problem come up. There's always things that, uh, that we as operators, uh, have to deal with Mm -hmm. and overcome. And I think collectively, uh, between the professionals here within the four walls and, um, you know, the, the outside professionals and, uh, experts that, that we work with and then other brands, you know, figuring those things out is what the, the, we do, you know, as, as restaurants, the restaurant community, as the franchise community, we will figure that out. But yeah, I would be, uh, would not be telling the truth if I said that we were not dealing with those issues and our franchisees were not dealing with those issues. I think one of the things that has really helped um, is the fact that, you know, we are um, perfecting that off-premise dining and, and the more um, that we can, you know, people picking up and an increase in sales on that level, um, you know, it's, it's really helpful. It's a little less labor intensive to, um, get that food prepared and have somebody pick it up. So that that's helpful, but we, yeah, we'll go through it. I don't know. I'm not on the operation side, um, more the, uh, franchising development and real estate, of course, but, uh, I do hear a lot of things and, you know, we're working with our franchisees directly with our, our franchise business coaches, uh, helping them through this time, um, but yeah, it's, it's a topic that comes up quite a bit. When you were uh, pixelating, uh, me and I were, were making a, a, the stupidest question that I have. And I, I remember hearing the answer to this question, but now I cannot uh, regurgitate it. And this, that is the, the big 50,000 foot question of why are they called Buffalo wings? But, oh, why are they called Buffalo wings? <laughs> yes. because uh, weren't they invented so. in Buffalo, New York? The internet Buffalo, says. New York, uh, New York, the ah, anchor. You cheated. You Googled it. I was waiting for, I knew there was a simple answer to that. <laughs> so, yeah. And actually, uh, I think they do not call them Buffalo wings there. They call them wings. <laughs> I've heard 
a couple uh, documentaries on that. And yeah, it's they're just wings. They're not buffalo wings in their markets. But of course, um, man, we we know them and love them as buffalo wings in the in the rest of the world and the rest of the United States, especially. And you know, what would the world be without wings, sports, and beer? I don't know. That's I right. Mean, that's uh, boring. That's right. Yeah. Has never, <laughs> Something that's never went away is that uh, those three items right there, those three things right there, you know, as far as I can see, it's always going to be around. It's always going to be something that people enjoy going out with their families, wings, sports and beer. For I mean, sure. yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's a great concept to be in because it never goes away. And, and, and as, a, as a person that's sort of health conscious, it's not that fattening. It's actually a really good protein and yeah. slim, uh, good meat to be eating. So, and if you all want to just look into this more, you can contact Dan Dolan and uh, visit ownabuffalo.com, which I love that website, oh, uh, to find more about how to be a franchise owner. Uh, Dan, we appreciate the time. Before we leave, we're going to do a favorite thing called uh, My Favorite Things to kind of get to know you a little bit. Is that all right? That sounds fun. Awesome. How's Cincinnati today? Is it hot? Yeah, it's uh, we're 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 pushing eighties, mid eighties right now. It's ninety eight. So, yeah. It's ninety eight degrees yeah, in yeah. Fort Worth today. It's, it's, summer no. is upon us. <laughs> I will be I will be uh, in your great state of Texas tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, we are uh, myself, gonna- the CDO and uh, the CEO of the company. We're traveling down to uh, through Houston and heading down to um, Harlingen, South Texas. And we're visiting all of our locations and franchisees in South Texas, and then we'll be um, we'll be visiting our franchisee in Reynosa, Texas, or in Reynosa, Mexico, while we're down there. So uh, very, I want I want to learn more about that before we get into this little game we play. Is what's the COVID sure. protocol to go into Mexico? Do they even care? So. <laughs> Derek, of yeah, course they care. They care, but uh, no, you're so. We're traveling um, with this group that they, they go back and forth every day. They, they're based in McAllen, but they also have offices in Reynosa. So we'll be traveling back and forth. In um, a black van with uh, tinted windows with armor on them. <laughs> no, <not laughs> I've been, I've been to McAllen and I've been to Laredo and I have, I have visited uh, Juarez uh, and Mexico City. So I understand how it works. Yeah, no, uh, the COVID restrictions, um, from what we understand, um, you, you know, we will not have any problems getting Good. back and forth Good. over the border. Yeah, you got to know the right people. It sounds like you do, you do know the right people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, I wouldn't be, I don't think I'd be attempting it. Uh, just yeah, get, a, get, get an Alamo rent a car, just go, go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Don, we're going to get, or Dan, excuse me, Dan Dolan, we're going to get into some of my favorite things. So your, your favorite property in the world, it could have been a vacation. It could have been something architectural that you had visited or like. I hear some nice music there. Can you hear me? (laughs) What What is your favorite property in the world? My favorite. Wow. Okay. Um, like a maybe architecturally or maybe a place you vacationed or beach. No, I, I, I gotta tell you, uh, me and my son, a few years ago, uh, we went to Washington DC and just the, uh, the history, uh, of, uh, you know, Washington DC, it, it just really, to me, it was overwhelming. I love, um, I love history. I love, uh, politics. I love the government. I love looking into it and researching. And I really, I think the Lincoln Memorial was very Mm -hmm. impressive to me. Um, You know, the White House and the Lincoln Memorial, I know it's (laughs) kind of the most famous property in the world, but I really enjoy that. And that was just a a big time pleasure to see. How old was your son at the time? So my son was about 18 when we okay. went. So it was uh, just me and him, um, me and him. And, uh, you know, it was a great time to uh, to bond with my 18-year-old son. I was yeah. glad that he still allowed me to take him with me. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. That's awesome. Your, your favorite concept, it can't be buffalo wings and rings. It has to be something else. It's something like, man, I should have thought of that, or that's a great concept, or man, they're going to kill it. What do you think that might be? 
Uh, okay. Um, let me think. I want to give you a good answer, not off the top of my head, but uh, that's why a little bit. Yeah, I, um, so, you know, I enjoy pizza. I worked a, a, a while with a, a local chain here, La Rosa's, and uh, but I really like the concept mellow uh, mushroom. I think they do a good job. I, I like how they uh, there are some areas or um, they're not so strict on some of their uh, uh, you know buildings and the design and all that. Not they really do a good job. I think going in and. Uh, and looking at that local area. But, um, I mean, I like the food. I like the concept. Um, you I mean, know, I honestly don't even know how they're doing right now through everything, but, um, yeah, I think some of the stores have closed, but I, I know in Texas they've closed, but I, I know I hear you. There, there was one here in town that we went to religiously at least, uh, twice a month. So I, I agree. They, you know, pizza is one of those co- categories. That it's just hard to screw up. I mean, really, it's all really about the, the atmosphere and, Hopefully some unique uh, menu options. Okay, well, this next one might fall into your first answer, your favorite city that you've ever visited. So that was great as far as uh, getting to visit the museums and everything, Washington, D.C., but uh, one of my uh, favorite places has always been Hilton Head. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I love going to Hilton Head, South Carolina. Uh, We went down there many years in a, in a row with my family and it's just a nice relaxing uh it's not as vacationy right if that's a word as some other areas uh the vacation areas but uh we always felt sort of at home in hilton head so that was one of my uh favorite places to visit for sure me too um your favorite drink it could be non-alcoholic or you know or alcoholic or alcoholic <laughs> So, you know, I am, I am, uh, your average guy. I, I'm not going to pretend that I go out and drink all these craft beers. I'm, I'm a Bud Light man and I'm proud of it. So. All right. It takes, it takes no shame in the game. That's right. Wings and Bud Light. Your favorite person. Wings and Bud Light. Yeah. Your favorite person, dead or alive. Favorite person. So. I, uh, I play a little bit of music and um, actually playing a band here in Cincinnati. So I'm going to go on the musical side. I have always uh, enjoyed uh, Led Zeppelin's music. And I would say that Robert Plant is one of my mm-hmm. favorite people on the planet. So, okay. We need to know more about the band, but maybe not today. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, well, this coincides. The next one is a musical artist. Would that be the same? Or do you have somebody different that you maybe you admire or look up to? Well, uh, or have a guilty yeah, pleasure like Taylor Swift same, or something. Uh, uh, really, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen took it hard when he passed recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he was one of the greatest. Um, but no, being being in music, uh, gosh, there's just so many artists that that I love. I, I love classical, classic rock, of course, but uh, really any genre I, I I can listen to and enjoy and, uh, and appreciate. So, uh, Robert Plant and uh, Eddie Van Halen. So All right. I'll, I'll make it two. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I'm gonna maybe this might fall on the same line of uh, passion. Is uh, the last one is your favorite automobile? So, if you're a classic rock guy, I'm assuming you like the classic cars. I do. Uh, so my my brother, he's always been in the. Uh, auto repair business, auto business, uh, auto body business. And so I've always enjoyed the Mustangs. That's been, uh, yes, it's been one of my favorite cars all the way through, uh, owned a few during my life, but, uh, I don't own one now, but my brother restores uh, all different types of Mustangs. And I would have to say, uh, Mustang is the answer. I had a 69 Mustang in high school. It was nothing major. It was just, I don't know. My dad bought it at a junkyard or something. It was lime green with interior and lime green exterior. It was so ugly. (laughs) But man, the chicks loved it. It was just fun to drive. I don't know. And it's free. You know, as a teenager, you're like, I got a Mustang. Well, uh, this has been the Rated R Real Estate Uncensored. Dan Dolan is our guest. Buffalo Wings and Rings. Uh, Make sure you say that slowly and pronounce your words. Um, if you're looking to own and, and learn more about uh, their wonderful concept, please visit ownabuffalo.com. 
Dan, maybe next time, maybe not this time, but when you're in Texas and Fort Worth, look us up. We appreciate the time, sir. Absolutely. Uh, it was a pleasure to uh, speak with you and Mia, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. Yes, sir. Thanks, Dan. Have a good Thank one. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Yes, man. I, now I'm hungry. Me too. And thirsty for rumbling. a cold bear. Give me some bear. Well, Mia, what's going on in your world today? Anything good? Well, Derek. Mia Street Beats. I yes. Know we were talking about the shortage, which is kind of my topic for today. Okay. All these shortages, and the only one I care about is the Chick fil A sauce shortage. What? That's a, that's a real thing. It is absolutely a real thing. How long? How many week? Week? I'll spit it out. How many times a week do you eat at Chick Fil A? Oh, maybe I would definitely say once a week for sure. That's pretty good. That's well, about the same a, for me. They have a really good rewards program, so that's why I really like them. <laughs> but uh, you're those types, okay? Yeah, but yeah, they have a sauce shortage, mm. and you can only have one sauce. And what's your go-to sauce at Chick Fil A? I really like their sweet and sriracha okay. sauce that they have. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to talk a little bit more about that. They're going through a shortage. Starbucks is having a shortage of cups and cake pops and the and all these sandwiches. And it's, it's only going to get worse. That's not what I wanted to hear. It's true because think about it. They don't. Everybody. Does, they don't want to go back to work. So therefore, they don't have labor. They don't have labor that they can't so is make. Is that it. why we have the shortage? Somewhat. About Somewhat. Su- the yes. supply chain. And, and you know. Yeah, probably a few more people are eating out, but in terms of production, no matter if it's a light, if it's a wire, if it's a potato, this hopefully not to get political, but I mean, you say that every podcast, I don't want to get episode. political, but I mean, I don't it, get political. it doesn't matter what side of fence you're on. It's, it is what it is. So inflation is a nasty word. And, um, I know in Texas, the unemployment for the state's going to run out here in about a week to 10 days. Oh, is it? And then the federal side, I believe, is first of September. So that's why I say it could get worse because some of the federal money isn't going to run out. Now, they could extend that. We don't know. They could go, you know, a special session in the House and the Senate and Biden might pass some more stimulus. So my my take is, you know, everybody go back to work and maybe do a, a tax income freeze, meaning you're not going to get taxed. Yeah. But you have to work. Yeah. To get paid. Anyway. So but yeah, the shortage is uh, a plenty all over for sure. So is that due to, so the shortage of Chick-fil-A sauces is due to people not working? Uh, yeah. And somewhat, um, cause I mean, people are still, yes, supple, our demands picked up. So therefore there's not, everybody's not just not going back to work. There's still 15 million people that haven't gone back to work. So. Oh, okay. Well, you learn something new every day. Cause I was curious as to why there was a, and who knows where, that, where that's coming from? I don't know what the situation is in Mexico or China or uh, Vietnam or India where most of our products are, are made. And then you have a vessel tie up. So if there's also, you know, where all the big vessels come in from international market and they, there's like 15 to 20 vessels waiting to be unloaded that have product on it. They could be bicycles. It could be meat. It could be anything. So they're all, t- they're all kind of bottlenecked um, in Long Beach and down in, in Mexico and, uh, Panama and what have you. So, but anyway, but yeah, is that, uh, what, el- what other stuff you got on your. Very interesting. Your I feel like I'm in an economics class. <laughs> economics 101 on rated R. Well, that's all I have. That was my biggest question that's for it. today. I needed to learn more about that. I'm concerned about the sauces. I need more. Well, we, we all need a good sauce. I'm, I'm boring. I'm a ketchup guy when it comes to dipping nug- nuggets. Yep. Ketchup's got a lot of sugar. I like ketchup. Well, yeah, if you get you can get the low sugar one. That's well, th- speaking of uh, inflation, Derek's Dimes, we're going to get into some of that. My top 10 things that I've witnessed, read, or felt this week in, in my life. It may not be commercial re- uh, related, but uh, most likely is. Number 10, Mia, you stole my thunder again. I always do. Inflation is now a major issue. I don't need to rehash that. We talked about that. And then obviously with inflation comes labor shortages. So, uh, you know, everything in the stock market just continues to go up. I, I hope it'll continue. Nobody can predict the future, but we are in a technology revolution. Speaking of labor shortages, I would just like to say going back to Chick-fil-A as well. I was in the line and I literally think I saw a 10 year old working in the Chick-fil-A line getting our orders. So well, I just want to say I they're gave clearly, a $5 tip. They're clearly grabbing anyone <laughs> and everyone off of the streets. Now we're going to have child labor laws. Exactly. An issue. 
New data has shown few companies will dra- dramatically reduce office footprint. You know, when COVID was going on, we're like, oh my God, nobody's ever going back to the office or 70% uh, will not go back. Well, now CBRE, which is a big worldwide commercial firm, uh, released a report that only about 9% retraction. So that's good for the commercial world. So if you're an office broker, um, you know, the average is going to be a 9% reduction, not 30 or 40 or not even coming back at all. Uh, but but 30 to 45% of the folks that were surveyed uh, will have a hybrid model. And we've mm-hmm. been talking about this where um, three days in and two days at, at home or three days at home and two days in the office comes a little bit of a, a nuisance. I know you're not a big fan of that, but I worked out of my home for 15 years. It really didn't bother me. I think it just depends on the person. Yeah. Well, especially if you're in commercial real estate, I feel like it's a kind of more common for us to be a hybrid model because yeah, you don't we're do always everything. going exactly versus an accountant that has to it has to do files desk, and, and right? computer. Also, work. I just read about CBRE. They just reached number 122 in the Fortune 500. Damn! So shout out to you guys. Rated R. To us. Yeah, you all better come on our show and tell us how awesome you are. Yeah. Um. This is probably the most eye-opening kind of big picture Jetson thing that I read yesterday. And that is um, these industrial buildings are now rethinking on how to design them in terms of drone delivery. So think about that. As As in like my Amazon package comes (laughs) from a drone and gets dropped off? Yeah, so you're going to have to have charging points on the site like up on the roof so they're gonna on my house the no roof? of the industrial oh. building oh. mia come Sorry. on so the industrial so you're you know pick pack and ship your headphones that you order from amazon mm-hmm. the roof hatch opens up from the industrial side comes yeah. out of the inside goes out and flies to your house and drops off your products well i could honestly see that because just this morning i ordered something yesterday Excuse off me. of amazon yeah. And I paid for it to be here this morning. And I got a call from Amazon. And this girl's like, I'm trying to get into your apartment. Will you come let me in? And I'm <laughs> expecting this, you know, like a UPS kind of truck that's rolling in. So I'm outside looking around and I see this little Honda Accord pull up. <laughs> and this girl from Amazon comes out in her new car and gives me my package. And I was like, what is this? And basically, it's just this new thing that Amazon's doing. Like, if you get same-day delivery, uh-huh. they have to personally go and take it out to you. So it's probably... So high maintenance, Mia. I know, I know. I must have my concealer. So that's probably <laughs> easier on Amazon to just have it a I drone know. come you to have, me. You have weather, you have electrical lines, you have... Right. Um, How you heavy know, it is. That, and I just read that American Airlines committed to 250 units of a flying taxi service what yes yeah it's coming american airlines american airlines so they're going to compete with uber if uber's going to have flying oh, the taxis. helicopters uh-huh. oh i wonder how expensive that'll be get ready y'all i mean numbers so that was number seven number six of Derek's dimes is the lumber prices we all kind of know this yeah. but I, I just want to rehash it if you haven't been to home depot lately from a consumer perspective at four by eight piece of plywood was 10 bucks now it's 60 dollars. so i'm hopeful this goes down construction is going to take a big halt if this is the case here by september one thing just the overall comment that we you know we deal with landlords and represent a lot of assets across the the country and tenants come to our door every day which we love and we love to help assist it and assist these tenants to get open and, and operated and operated uh, operating operating how about that is business plans. So if you guys are thinking about, you know, renting a space or starting a business, you got to have your business plan in order, even if it's a 10 page simple deck yep. that you're working on, something on right in, in writing that shows the landlord that you're serious. Um, reach out to friends, networks, maybe business consultants in your local town to assist. Even the chamber might be able to help you do it. That's just kind of just food for thought. Um, you know, we had our Monday meeting this morning and, and one of our gentlemen brought in Chipotle and if you haven't been to Chipotle lately, uh, they've raised their prices again. Yeah. And I know uh, I keep saying this, but it's going to happen. The consumer will end up paying for any inflation. Um, but it is, it is what it is. I think, uh, he spent, what did he say? Seven ninety. No, 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 no. Nine seventy on a bowl of steak. It was for steak. I mean, dude. 
What, remember? I, well, you don't because you're too young. But when I was in high school, five for five at Arby's, we talked about that. Five sandwiches for five bucks. And then I looked over at my girlfriend. I'm like, what do you want? Well, that's why people love fast food because it's so cheap. I mean. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it's. I guess relatively it's still cheap compared to. Chipotle. Chipotle or, or if you're ordering like Blue Apron or plated into your home. But anywho, it's convenience. You know, people pay for it. Freddy's Frozen Custard, which I love uh, here in Texas and abroad. Um, they're coming out with a new prototype store that has no dining. So it's going to be a triple stack drive through. Um, you know, Sonic's never had most for the most part, it's never had indoor dining. They've had some outdoor patio stuff you can sit on. Um, number three, Krispy Kreme, baby, is finally going public. Oh, I just read about that. So, I can't remember the last time I was at Krispy Kreme. Probably when my daughters were tiny. Because we like would Krispy go, Kreme. I don't either, Saturday mornings when they come off hot, they want to get the glazed. I mean, it's just nothing but pure sugar. Well, and when you bite into it, it literally deflates. <laughs> it's so, it's I'm like, more of a, a cakey donut yeah, kind of gal. I agree, but not to discredit them. Of good, course. Good for them. Good for them. Um, and we work. I keep t- Number one thought for this week was we work post a $2.1 billion loss. Yeah, I did see that. I keep telling people, like, I don't get it. Who's drinking this Kool-Aid? And There why, was a lot of people drinking that Kool-Aid. Why do they keep funding this thing? I don't get it. Um, if you're with WeWork and what, whatever, if you want to come on, if you're with WeWork or give me the secret sauce on why people are buying into this concept, um, I understand the co-work share program, but I don't, I don't understand why you need to do it at this scale and lose this so much money. It's kind of... Like they're putting everything into this capital investment, but not getting much out of it. Um, so maybe maybe I'm the fool here. So who knows? Well, anyway, this has uh, been a great time to hang out with Miss Mia again. This is Derek Anthony. This is Rated R Real Estate Uncensored. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Please check us out at thepodcaststudio.net is our website. Follow us, subscribe, share, tell all your friends and coworkers. If you'd like to be a guest, you can send me an email at Derek, D-E-R-E-K, spelled the correct way. <laughs> Derek at thepodcaststudio.net is my email. Or you can just follow me and find me on LinkedIn as well and send me a quick message. Y'all have a great week. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts.